0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
1: Hey there, and welcome to the Feed Feed podcast. I'm Alexa Santos, a senior producer at the Feed Feed. The FeedFeed Feed is the world's largest crowdsourced food publication and social media community, serving as your daily source for what to cook, bake, eat, and drink. Here on the FeedFeed Feed podcast, we are speaking with members of the hashtag FeedFeed Feed community to hear their stories, learn about their culinary inspirations, and get some of their best cooking tips. I'm very excited today to be joined by Divya Alter. Divya is a chef, restaurateur, masterclass teacher, and brand new cookbook author. Divya is the chef behind the celeb favorite New York City restaurant, Divya's Kitchen, an Ayurvedic restaurant. Her focus is cooking in a way that's best for people's optimal health. Welcome to the Feed Feed podcast, Divya. I'm so excited to learn about all of this cool stuff that you have going on.
3: I'm so excited to speak with you, Alexa. Thank you for having me. Amazing. So...
1: Explain what Ayurvedic cooking is all about, just to, before we even get going, because people probably have no idea what I just said.
3: <laughs> I know, it can sound very mystical. Are you, are you what? I, I often get this question. So it, Ayurvedic comes from the word Ayurveda, which literally means the science of life, the, the knowledge and science of life. And Ayurveda is the traditional medical system of India. Just like China has traditional Chinese medicine, uh, the ancient medical healing system of India is called Ayurveda. So it's a very old science. But the interesting thing is that the principles of Ayurveda are universal and they're always true and true. They've proven to be true through centuries anywhere in the world. So Ayurveda, the goal of Ayurveda is to help us maintain balance. First of all, find our balance and then maintain balance in terms of our diet, our lifestyle, the environment we live in, so that we can maintain optimal health. And the funny thing is that this balance is different for each one of us, right? So something that balances you may imbalance me because we have different conditions um not just health conditions, but different age, we'll live in different places, do different, do different types of work. So what I love about Ayurveda is that it's a very personalized has a very personalized approach to health. So there is no like one diet that's good for everyone. Everybody is unique. So Ayurveda teaches us how to customize our our diet depending on what's going on for us right now, and this may change two months from now. So back to your question, Alexa: Ayurvedic cooking is applying the principles of Ayurveda to the selection of the ingredients that will balance you the most according to the place, the location you're you live in so when we say local food that's very ayurvedic um, also the depending on the season you want to adjust your diet accordingly just like we change our clothes with the seasons we have to adjust our diet also um, depending on the strength of your digestion uh, ayurveda recommends to choose the foods that you can easily digest depending on your age, depending on what's going on in your body. there's so many. So this is how you personalize your diet. So Ayurvedic cooking is the most personal, personalized, healthy cooking that you can do.
1: That sounds very intriguing. So would you say it's kind of a holistic, is it sort of similar to holistic medicine, just with like that kind of acting as a healing property? Or is that kind of different?
3: It is holistic in the true sense of the word, Mm -hmm. but again, it's not like, it's not like one set of rules. It's, it's principles. So when you learn the principles, for example, let's say, um, one principles of Ayurvedic cooking is to always choose seasonal ingredients and to to adjust your food according to the season. So you choose seasonal ingredients, like you go to the farmer's market and you see what's in season, right? But also use the seasonings, like what spices are you using to support your seasonal metabolism? Like we're now on the brim, brim of summer going into fall. And seasons are changing drastically. So in the summer, you don't feel like eating a lot of very hot, spicy, heavy foods, like lots of fat, because it's just, we don't feel like eating so much in the summer. Right. But in when it gets cold, all of a sudden our appetite goes up and we start craving all these baked goods and heavier foods. So with those heavier foods... It's also colder in the environment in most places. So using spices that will increase warmth in your body. So they're warming spices, metabolically speaking, they're cooling spices. So seasonal, according to Ayurveda, and that's a principle again, is not just using seasonal ingredients, but also using the cooking methods and the seasonings, the kinds of spices that will support your optimal metabolism.
1: Interesting. So it really goes all the way down to the spices. It goes to everything. So that's that's super cool. And so walk me back. I mean, you did a great job explaining it. So thank you for that. But how did you start to become passionate about this and involved in this kind of lifestyle?
3: It all started when my cooking passion started in Bulgaria. So I was born in Bulgaria and I grew up during communist time, and that was my childhood And then when I was 18 years old, my teenage rebellion, you know, the way I wanted to be different from the rest of the world. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I I was the weird one in the class. So I wanted to be a yogi. I was very drawn to ancient India and in general ancient civilizations. And I was like, I'm going to be a yogi. I had no idea what that means. I, I just saw some books on yoga and I learned that yogi is a vegetarian, and I kind of tried to do it on my own at home. It didn't work. You always need a teacher for that. We want to learn, but I I met a person who was running an underground yoga ashram in my hometown, and it was still underground during communist times. And I absolutely fell in love with the class, but at the end. It was an unusual yoga class right they served this incredible feast of indian vegetarian food that i've never experienced before so um i was like yeah this is my place i started learning yoga and in exchange i helped in the kitchen and this is how i fell in love with cooking i i became the ashram cook i was trained how to cook i cooked for many years afterwards um and then my yoga passion took me to india I lived there and studied for five years and continued to explore the local cuisines of India. And this is when, for the first time, I also experienced uh, treatments, Ayurvedic treatments and Ayurvedic diet, and started learning more about the properties of the ingredients, not just the nutrition facts, but what is the metabolic effect? What's the main taste? What are the qualities of each ingredient so that I can connect with them in a personal way?
1: Yeah, that's amazing. So that's quite the the journey and like very very cool life experience that you that you had with that. But I guess going back to even before that in growing up in Bulgaria, did you what did, were you in love with cooking back way back then, or did it not really start until you started getting interested in Ayurveda?
3: I always loved food. I just never, and believe it or not, in, in my middle school, we actually had cooking classes. We had a cooking, we had a kitchen, like a learning kitchen in school, and I remember taking cooking classes, and this was one of my favorite subjects, actually. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had I wish we had such learn such learning kitchens in every school because I still have those memories so many years after but um you know part of the culture it's still very prominent today a little bit less than when I was growing up but in Bulgaria because the the fruits and vegetables are incredibly delicious I don't know if it's the soil or the climate but they're just so tasty and Part of the culture is to cook it, was to cook at home. So we cooked fresh meals every day. Going out to a restaurant was like really special. Uh (laughs) It was was only for special occasions. But my father was the main cook in the family. And I was always around him, but I didn't, I didn't have much time to cook because I was just going to school and busy with that. But I, really enjoyed participating in growing food so my parents always had like a small piece of land even though we were in in a town they would they would have a small piece of land in a village nearby and we always grew things like tomatoes cucumbers green beans different fruits so and then we would preserve i remember roasting paprika peppers red peppers <laughs> and canning them for the winter and making fruit preserves. And we would ferment cabbage, make like sauerkraut every year, and use it in so many recipes during the winter. So I grew up around the culture of growing your own food to whatever extent you could, and then preserving it for the winter and using it.
1: Yeah, what a cool, I mean, that's it's kind of awesome how that really translated to your you know career path and what you do now full for as your life's work basically, so that's kind of a it's kind of cool how those two things go together and so what was your favorite food growing up?
3: My favorite food was around christmas, Christmas time, so you know in Bulgaria, you have this pastry it's called Banita. Have you heard of Banita like so no. well, if you know like the Greek the greek dish called spanakopita yes so it's very something similar it's made with filo pastry and feta bulgarian feta cheese which is really delicious and um, and sometimes we'll put spinach in different fillings so and my grandmother she would actually make the filo herself. We didn't buy it from the store. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a real, it's a real skill to do that because they're, yeah. they're so, the layers are so thin. So um, I love that dish. And this was always a treat to have it. And then we would also make dolmas with uh, rice and and the grape leaves that we preserve from the summer. And we would make special bread and then we'll make baklava this was this was the big treat for the new years
1: <laughs> well that all sounds delicious I mean sign me up <laughs> that sounds amazing
3: it is delicious yes oh my it takes goodness. time it takes time to make but it's worth it
1: <laughs> yeah I guess that is worth it I can't believe she made the filo from scratch I can't even imagine how you do that or how long that would take I just that seems very tough
3: Well, you know, observing, and I think that's really important for us today, even if you're not part of the preparation process, but if you observe how things are made, even like staples and before something becomes into a dish, how you make the cheese, because she would make the cheese also, how you make the cheese, how you make the phyllo and all these things, when you observe it, it really increases the appreciation for cook for cooking and food and also the cooks it's it's hard work <laughs> to prepare elaborate meals like yeah that.
1: no kidding so what was it like for you then to develop the the recipes for your restaurant I assume that's taken a lot of work and a lot of trial and error for the restaurant and the cookbooks it seems like you've had a lot of experience having to make things that are have these healing properties but that are also delicious is that kind of a a hard task for you
3: Mm, yes and no because i've been eating that way for many many years i've been a vegetarian for like 33 34 years now and so for me and i've been married i have a wonderful husband his name is prentice and he loves to eat so I have to make things tasty. just. Yeah. For <laughs> but for me, also because I've, I've been eating that way for so long, I like to create variety and I like to make things tasty. So that's my first motivation. I also love to write recipes. I realized when I was writing my first book, What to Eat for How You Feel, I realized how much I love writing even even though English is my second language. <laughs> <laughs> so um writing a recipe, yes, it does take a lot of try trial and error. I also love sharing it with my I have many students and they would be my recipe testers. And another thing once we opened Divi's Kitchen in 2016, I realized that oh a recipe that I prepared at home is very different than the recipe that I prepare at the restaurant. Right. So the method of preparation can change. Of course, the volume changes, um, but the whole operation of preparing the recipe changes. So with the restaurant, I also learned how to scale up recipes, but also how to incorporate them into a much more complicated and larger menu. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, that makes sense. So it seems like you've had a lot of practice with it. Did you have to convince your husband to start eating this way? Or was he already into this?
3: No, he was already into this. He was already into this. Well, that worked out. I didn't have to convince him. Sometimes, you know, there's always challenges, right? So when I cook at home, I like to cook very simple. I, I really appreciate simple food. That kind of helps me relax my digestive system because you cannot eat rich foods all the time, right? Right. And I'm also I've been working a lot from home with writing and creating and editing the master classes and all that. So I um I would just and I when I work from home, I get so busy I don't have time to cook. Yeah. So I would make something simple that's delicious and nourishing, but doesn't consume and doesn't take much time and he would come home and he would be like oh you make kitri again kitchery is a, like a one-pot meal with grains and lentils and vegetables and i'm like well that's all the time i had and he'll like, go oh <laughs> i want something more fancy
1: <laughs> well that's better than nothing right or take yeah, out yeah.
3: yeah but we go we do go to eat out be- sometimes because we like to explore of course there's so, so many wonderful vegan and vegetarian restaurants here in New York City, mm-hmm. and and I'm always so appreciative. Uh, the restaurant industry has been so hard lately, yeah. And I always appreciate the very hard work on everybody in the industry.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So tell me about these master classes. Is this kind of you teaching just kind of recipes, or more of the concepts of Ayurveda, or what could people expect to? get by taking these master classes that you're teaching
3: mm, the master classes will give you the basic understanding the basic principles of deepening your relationship with food in the sense in the sense of understanding how food acts in your body physiologically how it affects your mind even or your mood what are the properties of different ingredients how to properly Combine ingredients for digestion, so we call this food compatibility. And in general, how your digestion works and what type of digestion you have, because when people when people hear digestion, usually they think, "Oh yeah, I have a bowel movement every day." Yeah, (laughs) but that's the last stage of digestion. (laughs) It's like digestion is directly linked to metabolism. So it's when you eat your meal, for example, after your meal. How do you feel? How does it feel in your stomach and your body? Do you feel full, satiated, but energized and full of energy? Like so, that's the ideal digestion. You you have strong digestive fire. You're able to break down your food. Or if you eat and you feel so tired afterwards, you just want to take a nap. Mm-hmm. So you're that's a different type of digestion. So your body is telling you, oh, you either. Ate too much, or this food was too heavy. I'm not able to break it down, so I need all the energy in the body to try to break yeah. it down. Or sometimes we, uh, you could have also like the airy type of digestion when you you eat something and you have get this bloating and gas and cramps and things. So that's another digestive uh, reaction or type of digestion. Or I have a friend who she's the fiery type, so she. She has to eat every two hours because she gets she, and she's so skinny <laughs> and and she she has too much fire in her stomach, so you just so that's another type of digestion. so I explain how to determine where you're at right now and then how to determine what foods are good for you to restore your optimal digestion and in this way your optimal vitality That's only one of the aspects part of the theory. Then we go into I have a whole class on setting up your kitchen. So, a lot of people don't like to cook because the kitchen is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh organizing the kitchen to create this beautiful flow of efficiency and joy and you just and you just love being there. That's that's a that's a whole class I have a whole class about that storage uh uh, cleanliness, how to make time for cook, time-saving sa- time tips for cooking and all that. So, and then the third class is about staples. So how to make your own yogurt. So I start teaching recipes, how to make your own yogurt or ghee. I teach how to make cultured ghee from scratch or almond milk, coconut milk, like that. And and the fourth class is about spices. So the healing benefits of spices spice blends and how to how to so I show different recipes incorporating different methods of cooking with spices
1: very cool well that all sounds fascinating especially I mean all of them do but the the kitchen cleaning and storage is (laughs) definitely I'm sure a crowd pleaser because yeah that's probably what does hold a lot of people back or the idea of making a mess and having to clean it up. So I'm sure that is very much so appreciated. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors.
2: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
1: So talk to me a little bit about how important it is for you to share these learnings and these teachings that you've acquired over many years with other people. It seems like that's a big part of your mission to not only live your life this way, but share that with others.
3: Yeah, I love sharing. I just love teaching. I really come to life when I start to teach <laughs> because, first of all, because I've I've experienced for myself the incredible benefits of healthy cooking and eating according to Ayurveda. Again, why is it, to me, that's the healthiest way to cook and eat? Because it's very personalized, right? So celery juice can be very healthy for you, Alexa, because let's say you You feel good when you drink it because you're more of a fiery type. You have, maybe you experience some acidity or lots of heat in your body and celery juice just cool you down and calms you down. But some people drink celery juice and they're like, oh, this really bloats me. (laughs) So why is that? Because we're all different. So Ayurveda helps us acknowledge these differences and then apply it to our diet and our lifestyle also. So I. I've seen the incredible benefits for myself. I, I had an autoimmune disease ten years ago. Um, I had severe chronic digestive problems, so many allergies. I I mean food became my enemy. Right. You know, when you're like, I don't know what to eat. I tried this, I don't feel good. I tried this, I don't feel good. And and you kind of it's so depressing when you cannot yeah. enjoy food.
1: I know, and that's like the best part of
3: the day. Yeah. And it's and it it and and then with the ayurvedic treatments and just it's so li- it's literally life changing because i participate in the process it's not just depending on taking a pill i participate actively in my own healing journey and 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 by learning how to pl- apply these principles and then feeling the difference it's like oh wow so now i don't have any illnesses I don't take any medications. I'm actually, I'm 50 years old. I have more energy than 10 or 15 years ago. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh. So that was, I know you said you were vegetarian for a while, but did you make very specific, I guess, marked changes in your diet when you were dealing with this autoimmune disorder that made a big difference?
3: Yes, definitely. Because, well, first of all, I made a commitment to myself that I will really avoid ultra processed foods. Mm -hmm. like anything that's frozen packaged severely processed with with a ton of additives and unnatural ingredients the ingredients that you'll never put in your food when you cook at home right right (laughs) so i because these foods are just so hard to digest and they cause so much inflammation and i was i had so much inflammation in my body so much pain and and also i had to sleep so much because my energy was so low and in in this state how can you stay enthusiastic i mean it was so easy to get depressed in this state it's like a chemical reaction almost so um yes it it, truly life-changing and committing not to eat ultra processed foods and then avoiding again according so alexa And for our listeners, according to Ayurveda, there is no good or bad food. Every food can be good for some things, for somebody. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is it good for you right now or not? So Ayurveda helps you determine that. So for example, I grew up with nightshades, potatoes, tomatoes, eggplants, peppers. I mean, they're really staples in Bulgaria and they're absolutely delicious. But when I had my autoimmune disease, there was so much inflammation and nightshades inc- increase inflammation. So as soon as I stopped eating them, I felt a relief. So now I I still, eat, I eat them occasionally now, only I don't eat them every day, but I enjoy them occasionally and I don't get a reaction. But um, for so many people, they they may be reacting to different foods without knowing. So no, that's the thing. When you have the right knowledge and you know how to apply it, you become so empowered.
1: Yeah. So what would you recommend for someone who's maybe interested in dipping their toe into the water of Ayurvedic cooking and lifestyle? What's kind of the first step that you recommend people take?
3: I would recommend finding the books, the books that you like and taking a class or two. Because It's always good to learn from a teacher. I mean, you can read books, but it's always good to have a teacher. See, unlike mainstream cooking, Ayurveda has a lot of philosophy and explanations about food, the human body, the energies in the human body, digestion, and then how to connect the two and how to know, oh, this food doesn't digest well for this body type. For example, if you feel like this, don't eat this food because it will only make it worse. Right? right. So, so knowing this, so having this basic knowledge will help a lot, but you know, so there are books, the classes and I mean, I don't want to push myself, but that's why I write books and teach classes because I have, I also have personal experience for so many years, but, but also You'd be surprised because so many people practice Ayurveda without knowing it.
1: Oh, you think? I guess more of like kind of the vegan lifestyle is sort of close-ish.
3: It, yeah, it depends. It could be, but also like if you're scraping your tongue every morning, you're practicing Ayurveda. This is a <laughs> and Ayurveda oh. practice. If you, if you like, what else? If you massage your head or if you do a little skin scrubbing with the dry brush or whatever. These are Ayurvedic practices. Again, Ayurvedic is not just limited to India or using Indian spices and Indian ingredients. Ayurvedic means what's best for your health right now.
1: Interesting. So I guess it it kind of whittles down to like so many daily practices that you know, you may already be doing. So that's, that's kind of funny. I would have never thought of that. <laughs>
3: yeah. oh you feel, let's say you feel like you're coming down with the flu. How many people start eating garlic when like excessively when they feel like, oh yeah, I'm coming down with something. Yeah. That's Ayurvedic.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So I guess that's, I mean, that's kind of a cool way to think about it is that, you know, these remedies that maybe we've been using and kind of not thinking about kind of fit into this practice. So it can kind of be more approachable than say we're imagining it is.
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That's so cool. And, and, and we can practice in unknowingly, but when you expand your knowledge and these are skills that you can practice your whole life, no matter what occupation or you have, or you do or whatever you live, you can do this also for your children and your family. but, it's having a little knowledge, a little more knowledge, helps you refine mm-hmm. your your practice, right? So you may think, oh yeah, I'm on an anti anti-inflammatory diet. Everybody knows nightshades are part of the and you shouldn't avoid them if you're on an anti-inflammatory diet, because by nature they increase inflammation. But then you will be like, Okay, so what's the cause of my inflammation? Where is it coming from? And then Ayurveda helps you like dig down into the cause, address the cause with diet, with lifestyle, with treatment, and then you really get better for good.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Well, thank you so much for explaining all of this to me. I feel like I've been like Ayurveda cooking 101 for the past half hour, but...
3: (laughs) Yes. I'd love to cook with you in the kitchen. I'd love to be with you in the kitchen. I Let's know see. that sounds.
1: I would love to like learn from you in person. Well, I'll be in New. I'll be back in New York eventually. Don't worry. I can't stay away for too long, so I end up back there all the time. So I will definitely let you know. But was there anything important to add about what you have going on that I haven't asked you
3: about yet? Let's see. Well, well yes, the book in the master classes. coming out uh, September twenty seven is very exciting for us. This is a big milestone in my life and also in my career. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we also, well, if I may mention, we also have uh, products like pantry products. Mm. And for people who may feel intimidated with, am I is this Ayurvedic or is it Ayurvedic enough? Or am I doing it right? And are the spices mixed properly? <laughs> so during the COVID lockdown, we created uh ayurvedic pantry products their meal products cool so we have um, a one a one pot me- a selection like a of one pot meals called Kichri. Kichri is a hindi word for a one pot meal that has lentils grains and you can add vegetables to it um, and it's ready in 20 minutes <laughs> it's absolutely delicious and it's amazing how you can, when you don't have time and and when you feel overwhelmed or if you just gave birth or you're recovering from surgery, or there's so many instances when we're overwhelmed and it's difficult to have, to, to fix a quick meal, quick, fresh, nourishing, nutritious meal. This is when the pantry products come in very handy and they're delicious and very versatile. Also, we have soups. We have two soups. We have a sauce. Um, and also on our website devias.com we have a lot of um we have a journal with a lot of articles about food compatibility for example or knowing more about turmeric from an ayurvedic perspective and all that
1: really cool yeah i mean i think that kind of goes back to my question earlier about taking those first steps and if you are overwhelmed about the actual like cooking from scratch process that there are at least kind of some ways to take a couple of shortcuts and, you know, with those ready-made products. So I assume during the pandemic that was very, very popular because (laughs) it was all about online shopping and things that were easy. So, I mean, nice, good on you for kind of adjusting to that market of those demands, you know?
3: Yeah. Thank you. They still are popular. Like the other day a friend of mine sent me a picture they were hiking with her husband somewhere up in the mountains, and she sends me a picture and she's like, "Here we cook the kitchen, um in in our little stove on top of the mountain."
2: <laughs> I was like, hey, it's "Great for hiking too!"
1: Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious! Yeah, really, lit. that's drinking the Kool Aid right there. Is like very <laughs> on a hike with Ayurvedic uh, prepackaged uh, cooking materials. So that's uh, that's definitely doing it all the way. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing, you know, more about what it is that you do and everything about Ayurveda cooking. And I feel like I knew nothing about it before I started talking to you. So it's kind of fascinating to learn about it and hear about what goes into it and everything that you've kind of made your life's work. So I appreciate you.
3: I, Me too, Alexa. You're such an excellent host. It's so so easy to have a conversation with you. I really enjoyed (laughs) it.
1: Thank you. Yes, I I guess I'm an expert at just uh, not being quiet. I'm good at just talking, talking, talking. So I can do this all day. So (laughs) I'll have to come (laughs) see you in New York and pick your brain even more because I will, trust me, I will not, we just won't shut up. We'll go all day. Don't worry.
3: (laughs) I would be very happy if you come to New York and we meet. (laughs)
1: Amazing. Well, I hope to meet you in person soon. Thank you so much for being here, Divya.
3: Thank you for having me, Alexa.
1: Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about the food and drink discovery platform that is The Feed Feed, head to thefeedfeed.com. If you have a food story to tell or want us to interview a blogger, cookbook author, chef, or restaurateur, we would love your suggestions. Just send us a DM on Instagram. See you next time.